Welcome back to the Such Things Podcast. I'm David Lang. We talk here about whatever is true, noble, right, pure, excellent, and praiseworthy. And we've been talking lately about prayer, learning how to pray using the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. It says in verse 13, Jesus says, And lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. Let's learn today how to pray this part of the Lord's Prayer. Now, if you're looking in the NIV, in the English translation, there's a little footnote next to the word temptation. And down at the bottom of the page, it says, the Greek for temptation can also mean testing. Lead us not into the test. And if you go and you, you, you dig a little more into this word, that's, that's exactly right. The word temptation in Greek can mean testing, trial, or sort of like a proving ground, a proving ground. And it got me thinking about soldiers. Soldiers are frequently put to the test. They're always training and preparing for the battle that might come. And as they're training and preparing, they're tested. They're, they're intentionally put through trials. They're intentionally put out onto the proving ground. And they have to pass the test regularly. And so I reached out to a few friends of mine, brothers in Christ, who have served as soldiers in the United States Army. Uh, the first brother that I spoke to, he was an instructor at West Point. So he knows a thing or two about testing soldiers. He said, you know, ongoing testing that gets more and more intense as the training progresses. Uh, this is normal for the soldier, and it's intended to prepare the soldier and potentially save his life and the lives of others in his unit so that they can be victorious and come home alive. For example, <clears throat> he said a soldier may be tested on um, how fast they can load, fire, and reload their weapon. Once they pass the, the test and they're able to, to do that in, in the time allotted, <clears throat> then the test becomes harder. Now they've got to do it in the dark. Load, fire, reload in a certain amount of time in total darkness. Once they pass that test, now we're going to make it a little harder. Now we're going to do it under fire with bullets flying by. Load, fire, reload as you are under fire and get it done efficiently, effectively in a certain amount of time. Soldiers, he said, soldiers are tested on all of this and they're expected to improve and to pass these tests as they get harder. Why? Because in battle, 
this will save your life and the lives of others and allow your unit to achieve their goal and reach victory and come home alive to their families. I spoke to another brother who was a student, a graduate of West Point. He served as a captain in the army. He said, you know, very rarely are you surprised as a soldier by a test. Very rarely are you unaware that a test is coming. You know what you'll be tested on. You have time to prepare and practice, and then you're tested. Because you have foreknowledge, there's an expectation that you passed that you passed the first time, or maybe you get a second chance before you receive discipline. He said, the only exception I can think of is a drug test. You never know when it's coming, and you only get one chance to pass the drug test, but you do know the expectations are to be drug-free. And then I, I consulted one more good friend who's currently serving in the United States Army. And I asked him about going through testing. And he's frequently going through tests and trials and proving grounds right now as he's training. And, and he said this. He said the goal of, of these tests that we're subjected to, he said the goal is not to stump the chump. <laughs> the goal is not to, you know, get rid of the, the, the weak link and kick out the bad guy. He said, no, really the goal is to make sure that we, as a unit, are able to complete our job. It's a concept of always being ready, he said. I love it. All of this was so helpful as we think about being Christian soldiers and going through times of testing, trial, proving grounds. What I took from these brothers sharing is that there are, there are multiple purposes of testing. First, there's survival. We, we, we've got to work through these tests so we survive when the battle comes and when it gets more intense and when our lives are on the line spiritually. Secondly, the purpose of these tests is, is our growth. That we can grow. We want to, these soldiers are being pushed to grow. God believes we can grow. <clears throat> the other thing I picked up on from these brothers is that the tests come, the idea is it's not just about you, it's about the group, the unit, the good of the group. We're all part of a unit, a church, relationships. And maybe our testing is so that we can fulfill our role in the group, for the good of the group. And finally, what I learned from these brothers, what I heard is that it's about achieving a mission that's beyond just me and my individual test or hardship. There's a greater mission, a greater good that I'm a part of. And we want to get the job done for our commanding officer for Jesus Christ. So it was very encouraging to me hearing from these brothers because I realized that the idea of test, testing and trials in my Christian walk as God 
allows me to go through times of testing and trial. The, the idea is to demonstrate that, that you're ready to move on to bigger things, that I'm ready to move on to bigger things, more responsibility, additional tasks <laughs> in the kingdom of God. Perhaps this is what God is up to our whole lives, always preparing us for more so that we can reign with him in heaven one day. If we fail a test, it would be cruel to move us on to more, only to have us fail on a larger stage with more at stake. No, if we fail a test, he's going to send that test again until we pass that test. You don't, if a soldier fails the test, you don't send him on to the next test. You don't send him on into battle. No, he's got to be prepared. God is preparing us for great things in the Lord's army, in his kingdom. Let's read some scriptures about times of testing, trial, and temptation, shall we? 1 Corinthians Chapter 10, let's all have a sip of coffee here. All right, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 9, listen to this. It says, Paul says, we should not test Christ as some of them did, referring to the, the, uh, the Hebrews when they were out in the desert wandering and being tested. It says, we should not test Christ as some of them, them did, and, and they were killed by snakes out there in the desert. And do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them in the Old Testament as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So, listen up. If you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation or test, trial, has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted or tested beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted or tested, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. Let's see what our brother Peter has to say. I'm kind of picking up in the middle of a, a thought here. He says, uh, he's talking about people <laughs> going through stuff, <laughs> going through tests. He says, if this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to hold the unrighteous for punishment on the day of judgment. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desires of the flesh and despise authority. Huh. God knows how to hold the unrighteous for punishment, but he knows how to rescue the godly from trials. Finally, our brother James has something to say on this. James chapter 1, all the apostles talked frequently of times of testing, trial, and temptation. James has a lot to say here in James 1 verse 12. 
Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted or tested, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted or tested when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Okay. I've often wondered here, why our brother James seems to change subjects in James chapter 1 here between temptation and trials. But as I've studied, I've come to realize the same words are being used for both. So so which is it? Is, is James talking about going through temptations or is James talking about persevering through trials? Both. It's both. Trials... As we go through times of trial, proving grounds in our Christian walk, does it not often lead us into some pretty strong temptations? I do. When I'm going through trials, I'm tempted to lose faith, to give in to other sin along the way. And frankly, It works the other way too. When I'm going through times of temptation, that is such a trial. And if I give in to temptation and I give in to those desires and I'm enticed and dragged away, as James says, well, that just results in even more trials. As I give in to sin, I inevitably encounter more trials. If you get repeatedly give in to to temptation, that develops into like what? Addiction, which leads to a life of trial (laughs) and hardship. The two go together. We go through trials, brothers and sisters. We go through times of temptation, times of testing. Are you there right now? If you're not there right now, you've been there before. If you're not there right now, you're going to be again. Man, I'm here in Myrtle Beach and, you know, we've been here almost eight years. We led the mission team here to plant a church here in Myrtle Beach eight years ago. And, And it was so exciting. We came with good friends, with big dreams. And God has blessed it. Souls have been saved. We're raising our families. We're building relationships in the church. But let me tell you what. There have been times of trial, times of testing of my faith for all of us on the team, actually. Many of those friends have moved away, you know, uh, have moved on to bigger and better things in their lives and their career and their education. Some of my best friends have moved away, my partners in the gospel. And I've, I've dealt with the trial of loneliness at times. I remember when one of my best friends here on the team was in a battle with cancer. He's only a couple years older than me. 
That was a real trial. And then one of my other good buddies that I made, a friend that I made here in Myrtle Beach, he was a couple years younger than me. Maybe he was exactly my age. He, he passed away from cancer just a couple years ago. Other friends have walked away from the church. They've walked away from Jesus and from me. A few years ago, after we had been here a couple years, uh, we were we were unable to sell our home back back in Columbia, our house, and we were we had to rent it out. And I remember when our renter broke their contract and 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 left <laughs> less than halfway through their contract. I, I I thought we might lose our house. I thought we might go bankrupt. And even now, I'm going through trials. My dad is in a battle with dementia. He's moved here, him and my mom, so we can all be close. Man, it's it's just been like, sometimes it just feels like when you're under the dog pile, but then the heat, the hits just keep on coming and coming, and you're like, why, God? Why? 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 I, give me a break, you know? Set me free from these trials and... I've been tempted at times to get angry, to give up, to cast blame, to give in to just my selfishness, my apathy, woe is me, to just take the easy way out. I wish I could say that I handle all of these trials in an exemplary way, but I do not. I'm still learning how to work through it in prayer, with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, and with my wife and my friends. Right now, I'm in a I'm in a D group, a discipling group with a couple dear brothers, and one of them has gone through a terrible trial. His wife has been in in pain, physical pain, for over a year now, and his daughter, his young daughter, is going through. Terrible times having these, these, these fits that she goes through. And it's been such a time of testing, testing of their faith. And every week in our D group, we just ask him, how you doing? And we just pray together. Oh man. And it, and it doesn't, you know, <laughs> we keep waiting, waiting for God's solution, you know? Oh boy. What trial are you going through right now? We got to go look to Jesus. Turn over to Matthew 26. I, 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 we have to look to Jesus to learn how to pray through it. Let's look at what I believe was Jesus' greatest time of temptation, testing, and trial. Here in the Garden of Gethsemane, verse 36. He's about to go to the cross. He knows what's coming. The suffering, the abuse, and this is what he does. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. 
Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. And then Judas enters the scene. We need to break this story down and just see how Jesus worked through, prayed through his time of temptation and trial. First, notice this. Notice his sorrow. He was overwhelmed with sadness overcome with painful emotion. You know what, guys? Times of testing and intense trial and temptation are often accompanied by, with painful emotion. And it's okay to do what Jesus did here. Acknowledge it. Name it. Express it. Feel it. You don't have to avoid it. It's real. That sorrow he was feeling. It says he was sweating as he prayed in the Gospel of Luke. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. He was under such anguish. Times of testing often result in emotional, exhausting anguish. But the second thing I noticed that he did that we need to take note of, he kept his friends close at hand. He called his best buddies, Peter, James, and John. He said, I just need you guys to be, be with me. Keep your godly friends near. I don't know about you, but I'm guilty. When I'm going through times of testing, sometimes my reaction is to push people away. Especially if you've given in to temptation. You don't want to talk about it. You don't, don't want anyone to know how much you've been messing up. But keep your friends close. Pull your friends tighter. Your wife, if, you, if you've got one, your husband, if you've got a spouse, your roommates, close brothers or sisters at church, keep them near. You're going to need them. Jesus needed them. And the third thing, and this is our point of the day, guys, what did Jesus do? He prayed. Then he prayed again. Then he prayed again a third time. Pray, pray, pray. Keep on praying. And what do we pray? 
Jesus prayed exactly what he said to in the Lord's Prayer. Lead us not into temptation. What did he say? My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. He prayed, God, take the trial away, if at all possible. What does he say to pray in the Lord's Prayer? Lead me not into temptation. Don't lead me into the test. Take it away, if possible. He told the disciples essentially the same thing. Watch and pray so you will not, and the King James gets it a little more right. Watch and pray so you will not enter into temptation. Pray, pray that if if the test, if the trial can be avoided, then God take it away, remove it. That may sound like we're kind of being a wuss where it's a cop out from going through the test. But look, we're going to get to the part where we have to pray our way through the test. But our first thing to pray is that we don't go through it. That may sound like, what? I thought we're supposed to go through tests. Yes, often we are. We're going to come to that in a moment. But, but we first pray that if possible, God, remove it. He said the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus gets it. Our spirit, our faith oh, may, might be strong, but we are still in this flesh. We are still weak and broken in our flesh. We're still subject to so much temptation and weakness. Our flesh is weaker than we realize, even if our faith is strong. So we pray, God, take the trial away. Spare me. Spare my loved ones. Take the cancer away. Take the temptation away. Spare me, please. We beg God. As Jesus begged, but sometimes, like Jesus, the trial is not, the answer is no. And that's where the next part of his prayer is enlightening to us. He said, Father, if possible, may this cup be taken. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. God, if you can't take the trial, if, if this trial can't be taken away right now, then not as I will, but as you will. The whole Lord's Prayer has been preparing us for this prayer. A prayer of surrender. God, I surrender. I will go through this trial. I will surrender to it. My prayer this week has been this with my trials. <laughs> Personally, I've been praying, God, <laughs> I don't understand all my trials and why they're happening and why I haven't been delivered, why they're still going on. But I give myself fully to you, God, with no strings attached. Just do with me what you will. I've been getting to that point where I'm like, okay, God, there's no strings attached. Like, just do whatever you need to do. Not like, hey, do anything, but don't do this. Don't put me through that. Spare me from this. I've been like, okay, God, please spare me if possible, 
but do whatever you need to do because I trust you. Sometimes, like Jesus in this prayer, sometimes the only way out is through. Sometimes the only way out of the trial is to go through it. Jesus could not be delivered from the cross. He had to go through it. But he was delivered ultimately, not from the cross, but from death and from the grave. And you know, Jesus keeps leading us through it here, even in Myrtle Beach. My family and my church family, we've never gone hungry. We have faithful friends and family who stick with us and stick with God. We're preaching the word. We don't always know the why for our trials or the when of when they're going to end. And that makes it so much harder. But in this case, as we read Matthew 26, Jesus's trial, we know exactly the why. He said, look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. We know why he was delivered into the hands of sinners. He was delivered into the hands of sinners. He was not delivered out of his trial so that we could be delivered from sin. We know why he went through this trial. His trial here was for our good. And so he submitted himself to it. There was no way out of this trial except through it. And he accepted that. Sometimes, like Jesus, your trial might be for someone else's good. You might be going through a trial just like Jesus was. That's not even really about you. Maybe it's about the good of someone else. And we might not be able to see that. Maybe we will later. Maybe we will in heaven. Sometimes you're going through a trial, a temptation, time of testing, and it is very much for your own good. God is developing us for something more. The Bible says that we will reign with him in heaven. We are being trained to reign. Training for reigning. Maybe you're being trained. Sometimes you're going through a trial because you didn't pass the test last time. And so God, in his goodness, is sending you back through it. It would be cruel for him to move you on, destined to fail on a larger stage with more at stake. Maybe you haven't passed a test that you were meant to pass a while ago because we're being thick-headed, stubborn, not letting other people help us through it, not learning and submitting as Jesus did. (laughs) That's a little humbling. Sometimes... We're going through a trial simply because we didn't pray to be spared from it. (laughs) It says in the Lord's Prayer, lead me not into the time of testing. Sometimes God honors what we ask for and what we don't ask for. 
If we are not praying for protection and deliverance and guidance uh, from these times of testing for us and our loved ones, and we're not walking with God through the Lord's prayer in prayer as a way of life, that's what I'm trying to teach us with this series is how to pray powerfully as a way of life. If that, if powerful prayer and walking with God in this fashion, bringing Jesus alongside of us into every day, praying powerfully through our life, if that's not how we're living our life, well, then God honors our requests or our lack thereof. Guys, we're all being developed to reign in heaven someday. God is working on us. But let me encourage you with this as we close out. No parent delights in seeing their child suffer. And you can rest assured your heavenly father does not take pleasure in your trials or in your suffering. But he does take pleasure in you. And he will not stop developing you and delivering you as you learn to pray through these things with him. Learn to pray through these things with your heavenly father. I know it's hard, but you can do it. Who who do you need to share this podcast with? Who in your life is going through a trial right now that could really benefit from this? Please, Don't just think of your own trials. Think of others and pray for their trials. Please share this message. Share this podcast so we can all learn to pray together. Next time, Lisa will join me as we close out this series and we pray, deliver us from the evil one. We'll be talking about the devil and learning how to wage spiritual warfare with our prayers. I love you. I'm praying for you. I'll see you next time. I will praise the Lord today, for he is all my hope and stay. A God is good, his name is great. Hallelujah. 